Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Uh, always am. Today we're joined, uh, you know, Terry and Max, as, as usual, but we have a guest. Oh my gosh, we have we have a guest on the show who's who has not appeared uh, with us before. It's Dave from the Falcon Blues YouTube channel. How's it going, fellas? Uh, you all right? Dave, it's awesome. Uh, awesome to actually be able to talk to you because, uh, yeah, because I've watched your videos. You know, recently saw an interview you did with you and I guess Paul did with is it Kevin Campbell yeah. and uh, Alan Myers. Uh, watched that, and you also did uh, you interviewed uh, Big Nev as well. Yeah, well, well, not just Neville. We've done um, Peter Reid a few months back as well the weekend before the derby. Ah, so yeah, that, that was my favorite one. Yeah, we're making we're making waves. You know, everyone everyone wants to be on the on you, our YouTube channel, which is great. You know. <laughs> um, but I, I think my favourite probably the same uh, Peter Reeds. You know, he was he was such a down to earth guy. He was just so just willing to talk to you and have a good laugh and take the piss out of you as well, which is what he <laughs> wants. You know, you you know, you'd say don't meet your heroes, and you know, meeting someone like Peter Reeds is like this fella's sound. You know, um, Nev, Nev's just Nev, and those who those who've been to evenings with Neville Southall just know. You know, he. He's sound, but he can be hard work at times. But you've got, you know, you've got to try and coax an answer out of him sometimes. But no, he was great. You know, he was he was willing to. He was he was there before us. So, you know, me and Paul were late. You know, <laughs> um, so we showed up late and it's like, oh shit, Neville Southall sat upstairs waiting for us. It's like, what do we do? And we we just went in and just got on with it. You know, rather than thinking, oh yeah, Nev, sorry, we're late. We're just gonna start recording now as if it was nothing. As like. We just we just made ourselves like for Neville Southall, <laughs> and it was it was it was so nerve wracking because of that. Because you were like, okay, we have got to get on with it now. We got to we got he's got a show downstairs in the Falcon Pub where we record. I was like, we times of the essence now. We're already late, but you know, he he was a good sport. He was really really good. And some of the things he was coming out with, you know, for the future of Everton. Just it if you if you're from Liverpool as well, some of the things about like like working with the homeless and things like that really. Mm really touched the nerve and it's like wow yeah we should do and this is the kind of things we should be doing um and you know more recently we had kevin campbell and kev was amazing you know he, he loved the dicky bow which I, w- I was so nervous about the thought if i'm gonna wear the dicky bow i'm gonna have to wear a royal blue one and just be <laughs> nice and he recognized me as soon as, as he came in and i didn't have the dicky bow on so that was really good to say like oh you know get on uh, getting on first name terms and everything and you know you know what kevin's like he, he'll he's that is to the point and he knows what he's talking about. And then you've got Alan, who is just Everton through and through. You know, the stories that man has got, it literally, I'm pretty sure he's saving up to write the book because it would be volumes. You know, he could go through each season and have a book for each one. It'd be absolutely amazing. I'd love to have him on the show a lot, lot more where he'd just sit and, you know, talk for 20 minutes and monologue about whatever went on in this season, that season, this FA Cup run. Or just an hour about Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> you know, some of the stuff you're talking about with Gascoigne, and it's like, freaking hell, the man's a loon, but he's a, such a such a big heart. You know, it, it's it, almost like him and Alan became like best mates. There's a brilliant story about when he went to on Question of Sports, which I won't spoil. I'll leave it for Alan for another day, but it was so good and typified Gascoigne. And it was just, it, 
to to have these opportunities as well is such a big thing for me and Paul because without what we do on YouTube, we'd never have this. You know, we'd just be showing up to the evenings where you know, in me, it's my brother-in-law's pub, the Falcon. We'd just be showing up of a night, having a few bevies, having a couple of pictures. This time, we're getting to sit down with people who, you know, Kevin Campbell saved Everton. Let's let's just let's just say that. And to sit with them and to talk about Everton is just amazing. And the things we're getting, these opportunities are brilliant. You see, like, Toffee TV doing it and all the other ones. For me, to do it, I'm, I, I can't believe how lucky I am sometimes. It's great. Yeah, one of the things that I notice about your show and what you guys do, you talked about how people were just relaxed and they'll just kind of, you know, joke around. It's because you guys put, set a tone for that. That's that's one of your that's kind of you just seem like seem like you'd be like really fun to hang around with. And oh, I think I'm that's I'm that's kind of, <laughs> Well, I mean that's but that's that's the brilliant of it. A lot of times you just you sit there with a beer and you're just kind of hanging out and that's you know, that's the tone. You know, yeah, and that's, that's I feel like a lot of people want that kind of a change sometimes. You know what I mean? Something that's yeah. it's it's just cool people to hang out with and have conversation with, you know? That's it cuz every time you you don't you don't make it rigid. We we we'll be trying not to you know, we set out what we want to talk about, and if we miss it, we miss it. <laughs> We're just two lads having a having a pint and having a chat, like you like you would down in the pub with your mates anyway. And that's the kind of theme that we want to try and keep. Um, we've done it so far, and it it's it works. You know, and we're happy with the format. I think that's that's one of the key things. I know when we were starting up, it's like how can we how can we do something different. How can yeah. we do something that's not already out there that is also, you know, making sure we're touching, a, you know, different parts, different demographics of the, the, the Everton population of the yeah, world, exactly, yeah. you know, and that's that's one of the tough things is finding your niche and your tone and all that kind of stuff. And you guys are st- definitely striking a chord. I think it, it works really well for interview segments very yeah. well because you just, you just make them relaxed. <laughs> well, that's it. well, when we go to the pub, it's free drinks for us, so we're half pissed anyway when we're going on, so it just makes that a little bit easier, you know, that little bit of extra Dutch courage does help. So you mentioned something that I identify with a lot, and it's that whole thing of, if we weren't doing this, all right, mm-hmm. me being Joe Schmo American guy, the closest, I mean, the, the only connection I would have with Everton would be sitting in my den wearing the shirt while games are going on and my family's all wearing their stuff yeah. and that's my that would be my connection and maybe reading twitter and that would be about it but now i actually get to come on here and i learn a lot about the club talking to to these guys we get to sit here and 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 talk analysis we get to sit there and talk about the team how much we mm-hmm. fucking love this you know what i mean like it's it's great yeah. it is a different level of appreciation that i could not have conceived you know, many years ago when Yelovich made that, you know, put in that late goal against Spurs that made me an Everton fan. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a yeah. different world, and I, I, I feel lucky as hell. You know what I mean? Because I'm jealous as hell of these guys. They come on here and they tell me these amazing stories. Like, oh, I remember when Tim Howard gave me his shoes, and, and I remember when I sold Seamus Coleman some shoes. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. these amazing stories, and I'm just, uh, you guys get to kind of brush elbows with, with heroes, like, all the time. It's freaking cool. Well, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave you with one before we move on, to, if you want to carry on. I was actually born on Goodison Road. My <laughs> folks, still, folks still live there now. 
you know, I, I step out the door and my mum and dad's and turn right and Goodison is at the bottom of the road, like literally 150 yards away. <laughs> I've just given away my mum and dad's location there, but um, yeah, I come out the door, turn right every every day and see Goodison Park. And that's something that I've always taken for granted as well, yeah. in a way, because I've always gone, oh, well, yeah, there's Goodison, Everton was shit. I'll go left and go another way, you know. Or, you know, or Everton played well. I'll just go past the ground and see, like, try and get a feel for the atmosphere and stuff like that. And you know, even all this stuff over like Bramley Moor and the like, moving to the docks and things like that. That is going to probably hit me more once we move. Ooh, yeah. And you know, that's really gonna, you know, I'll, I, I will probably cry, cry buckets when we move from Goodison. Probably a lot of people will, but having that sentiment of living on Goodison Road. I'm 37 years of age. I'm still I'm still going there on the Sunday now to mum and dad's. That that to me is a, a privilege, you know. And I I do t- I've taken that for granted for so long. But then having all these interviews and talking about Everton all the time on YouTube and talking about the Evertonians over Twitter and stuff like that, especially yourself, talk, like speak to guys in the states. It's like, hell, I live 150 yards away from Goodison Park. And you know, everyone goes, "Wow, you're so lucky!" And I go, eh, "It's all right." But in the end, like, but that's but that's just me just taking it for granted. You know, it's yeah. you know, it, it's something that I'll, I'll I'll be proud of that for the rest of my life. It's like, well, you know, I lived on Goodison Road. I've heard it all. You know, I've heard Bayern. I've heard the four-all game. I've heard you know the, the seasons where we were struggling relegation in '93 against Wimbledon and stuff like that, and just seeing everything, but not just seeing it like five o'clock. Everyone's gone home. Seeing it like till six, seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night when stuff's been going on. I've been there and lived it and it's it, it I do take it for granted so much. I think it's easy to do that though, but if you if you are if you have opportunities to kind of realign perspective every once in a while, I think it's it's those people who kind of realize that. Where you're like, yeah. you know, I, I was taking it for granted. You kinda of get that refresher where you're like, oh yeah. This is that like I took for granted going to film school and having like people in the film industry come in and you're just like, you know what I mean? Like I remember remember talking to Terry and Max about some of that stuff and I'm just like, well, they were my professors, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like and and I'm sitting here like you know just salivating over them talking about you know, oh yeah, Salt Lake Baines, no big deal, and it's just like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's easy to kind of have those things that are a constant presence. But if you're but if you have the perspective, to be able to step back and say, yeah, I'm lucky, and definitely, and yeah. hell yeah, you know, not everybody gets this. So yeah, yeah, I'm one day I will go on a pilgrimage to to England and actually be able to, to visit these guys and you know and be able to actually watch it watch a game watch a match you know and hopefully it'll be a, a good one and not you know a shit one so yeah that's something it's it's well, a family there's, there's trip that's planned more, <laughs> more shit ones and good ones lately but you know we'll talk we'll talk about the good ones uh, definitely today you know yeah that, that's the that's the nice thing is we got a little got a good little run going we got a got a little we were smiling with our eyes. It just keeps happening, which is which is fantastic. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and move into move into the football a little bit here. Um, for the podcasters out there, this is what we have in store uh, for this uh, this big show. Uh, Arsenal reaction, good things. Yeah, should have been a worse score than that. So that's a, that's a spoiler alert. Uh, just stay tuned. We'll, we'll give you more on that. Uh, next, we're going to talk about DCL. 
Uh, so if you if you notice, we're not really going into DCL as much as we should in our Arsenal reaction. Chill, because it's coming. All right, you're gonna get there. All right, and then uh, then we'll do a quiz. Uh, Dave joins us for the quiz. It's gonna be these two, these three dudes duking it out. Uh, because frankly, I I would be like a Care Bear in there, just getting beat down in the cage match. It, it would be not be competitive. I'd be just guessing random numbers. No, it'd be more funny than anything. So uh, I'll host it. I'll play the uh, the Pat Sajak on this. Uh, It'll be all right. The Bob Barker, if you will, because it is a Price is Right style kind of kind of show. Um, all right, so Arsenal reaction. I <coughs> uh, pretty pretty damn nice little performance that made my Sunday. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Um, I, we're gonna lead with Dave here uh, because he is the guest. Terry, you're a regular now. You can't go first all the time anymore. All right, but but Dave is the guest. We're going to lead with him, and and just I wanted to save this for the video because I felt like the YouTube audience needed to know this. Earlier, we were yeah. having some issues with our with our sound. Uh, we had a little echo. We thought it was on Dave's end, and Dave proceeded. He had a, a nice little clip on mic, two you know two way you know two two mics, and to try to solve this the problem, this is the kind of guy he is. He took a pair of scissors and just clipped the, the cord, clipped the cable just in half in the hopes, in twain, in the hopes that it would solve the problem. It didn't solve the problem. It no. And it turns out we just had to fiddle around with, with, you know, headphones and whatnot. But that's the kind of guy he is. He's just taking, <laughs> he's taking matters into his own hands. Uh, so... I wanted to make sure everybody out there knew that because it's just a damn fine story. It made me smile. Because Dave's an idiot, basically, no. and he's just ruined a perfectly good USB and microphone. So, you know, because all, all I love my art. Good intentions. Good intentions, you know. <laughs> uh, so, Dave, let's I, – I, I think right now everybody looks at the performance and they say, wow, everybody played well. Can you talk about who your personal most important uh, – player was yesterday and then just kind of ramble off wherever you want to go <laughs> i think i think for me obviously um man of the match was carver lewin but for me i think Garner gay mm. just i think he's probably still running yeah if you look outside he's probably still running somewhere he, the lad just did not stop he was breaking up possession in the in the 18 yard box he was bombing forwards between him and Gomez, the ground that they made up and the you know working together was just unreal. That for me yesterday was summed up what we want to see as Evertonians with this Everton side. You know we've we've we struggled we struggled with you know the second half at Newcastle. We had a piss poor first half against Chelsea, but you, there was always signs that something is there in this team that can you know once it clicks. It's going to click well, and we're going to give someone someone an absolute thumping. And yesterday we could have won that at a canter if we, you know, it, it, it's still early doors for Everton. You've got to look at that. But I think we could have won that easily had we had a proper striker in three or four goals in before half time. But for me, Gomez and uh, Garner Gay just typified Everton for me. What you wanted to see. Plenty of en- en- endeavour, loads of passing, plenty, and just being niggly and 
wanting to put wanting to put a foot in, wanting to be snide, and that that's what I love about Everton. I want to snide Everton. Yeah. I want I want a team that is willing to go and have a go at the referee, leave a boot in, and get the crowd going. And that is what what we that was typified yesterday, and I think we did it with a plum. I thought we were excellent. There's not there's too many plaudits for for the way we played yesterday, or not enough rather. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, yesterday was another really good example of, I mean, this press that Everton are starting to employ is, is becoming this defining characteristic of our squad. Watching, watching us yesterday, Arsenal couldn't, put, couldn't string passes together because every time they got anywhere like near the center, one of our guys was either pressuring them to make a bad pass or niggling and sitting there just knocking the ball away. Ghana Gay and Gomez were on everyone. It was, uh, I don't know, it's funny. When you look at that spine through the center, DCL, Sigurdsson, uh, Gomez, and Gay, the pressing that you see them do, pressing those passing lanes like that and then just converging, it's, yeah, it's been nice. Uh, Terry, you can comment on, on what we were talking about just then or you can talk about your most important player. And by the way, by the time it gets to me, there's going to be no, all, all, my answer is going to be gone, I'm sure. But uh, go ahead, Terry. <laughs> well, I, I just like back up everything that Dave said as well. Just, you know, Ghana and Gomez just ran the show. But for me, the, the best player on the pitch, even including DCL, just for me personally, was Bernard. <sighs> what a little player he is. He was on. Playable for that. That Maitland Niles didn't sleep last night because he was scared that Bernard was going to run at him with the ball again. <laughs> Every he was absolutely brilliant. We're starting to see some of the best, you know, some of some of the real best football of the season now, and he's been central to it. Um, Bernard, he got man of the match against West Ham. He was great against, um, I think it was a uh, Cardiff. He was good in that game as well. But some of the the flicks and tricks and skills. That were coming out yesterday, that little back heel sort oh of it through ball that almost got into. Yeah. Uh, it's it's get off your seat stuff. It was absolutely brilliant. And it was like a, a gif going round of um when he's got the ball and he's just fighting um two or three markers at different points and get re- and retains possession. He's he's only small and he just couldn't be muscled off the ball. He's absolutely fucking brilliant. Bernard was starting to really see it now. Took a while to get going. He's been in and out of the team. Not, he wasn't particularly playing poorly, but he wasn't having a massive impact on, on statistics. He wasn't getting assists or goals. It was um you know, he was still you know, he was still figuring out the league and he was, you know, coming off a long spell out uh, from Shakhtar. So it's taken him a while to get up to speed, but if this is his level, then what a little player we found there. Just a, that left hand side at the minute. I think Dean and uh, Bernard have got that boxed off for a while because the two of them together, Arsenal could not live with them. Mm. Absolutely, I gave them a torrid time down down the left. Bernard, I think that was a huge talking point after that one. Uh, he's just, I mean, you know, I, I the funny thing is he signed for free, but was actually with that huge signing on fee and with his with his uh, uh, his weekly weekly pay being what it is. Uh, he's actually a pretty expensive player. Um, honestly, worth it. Totally worth it. And one of the more yeah. fun players to yeah. watch right now. He's creating from the wing. And again, when we first signed him, I didn't have a lot of experience with him a player. I'd only seen a lot of... And I was thinking, okay, he's probably going to end up in the center for us because he seemed like one of those 
central creative little players. And now it's like I, I don't want to see him anywhere else. I want him wherever wherever he wants to play and keep him there. Um, yeah, really. You might have been supporting Shakhtar, though, when you lost him for free. I mean, mm. I know they absolutely took the piss and got that money for Fred, mm. but imagine losing Bernard and he didn't get a penny. I mean, we're paying a lot, but we're paying it all to Bernard. Mm. He didn't pay anything to Shakhtar. Yeah. Mm. Be absolutely sick if you lost the play that good for free, wouldn't you? Uh, but Shakhtar tend to reload with Brazilians pretty pretty quickly. Uh, they have a lot of them. <laughs> uh, so Max, you've been yep. so patient, like the gentleman you are. Uh, so what are what are you thinking about your most important player on the pitch? By the way, my answer's not taken yet. Fingers crossed, Max. Are you gonna are you gonna break my heart here? Well, my answer's been taken. I, I was initially going to say Bernard, like, um, like you mentioned, that is, is cutting as a passing lanes, you know, from a left wing. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, that no-look back-heel pass was just a piss-take, and putting Maitland-Niles on his ass was, you know, a sight to be old. Funnily enough, like, i seen it come up on Twitter, like, the you know, the official event account, Premier League, whatnot, saying it was, like, five years ago to the day when we beat Arsenal at home 3-0 when we were in Martinez's first season in the pursuit of the Champions League. I don't quite think that performance on Sunday was to to that level or to that standard. Um, I largely think that was down to, you know, just not converting the chances that we had. But to, to you know, pick my man of the match, if I can't say Bernard, I'm going to have to say Phil Jagielka. Like, to, you know, to not initially even be in, in the starting eleven. <laughs> You've taken it. <laughs> Have you? Oh, you sorry. broke my heart. Hey, there's three people going on here, man. If my answer was of any credit at all, it's probably going to be taken. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, thought, I thought that's just, you know, that epitomizes being dependable. That epitomizes being captain of a football club to step, to step in, score your first goal in two years like 10 minutes in, get that early goal, give us the world of confidence. It was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, we'd only really seen him after that 17-day break where he came in for the Cardiff game. And, you know, other than that, he hasn't been a regular. So to, to contend with the, you know, players of the technical ability, such as Ezil, Mkhitaryan, Lacazette, and in that second half, Adam Ramsey and Aubameyang, you know, and to slot in alongside Zuma as he did to cover Coleman on the right-hand side too, it was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, to, to credit Idrissa Gay as well to kind of come full circle, I think because Phil Jagiel had to slot in so last minute, I think um, Gay was on his toes mm. defensively a lot more and had to cover and drop deep. Um, I, I, as a consequence of that, I think it allowed Andre Gomez a lot more freedom pressing forward, and I think that's why we've seen such a you know dominant midfield from the mid, for dominant performance in the midfield. With you mentioning Jagiel, I'm just thinking there, it was good to see. Because when, when you looked at social media, it was like, oh, fuck, Jags is yeah. back in. Jags is, you know, Jags looks massive. It's yeah. like, for him to just go come in, play as well as he did, and to, and to stick that, those comments down people's throats, is, for me, is captain. That, that was just spot on. I, I yeah. was really proud of Jagielka yesterday, and he should be proud of himself. You know, he might yeah. not get all the games, but when he does, he's come in and he does a job, and that is... That, that that's what he's paid to do. That's what he's always done for the last twelve years that he's been at Everton. He's made himself, you know, indispensable to the club. You know, you look at it and you go, "Well, how long has he got left in his in his career? Maybe two, three years max, if that." And then you go, "But he can fill fill in the gaps." You know, we 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 didn't have Mina, we didn't have Keane. 
you know, we didn't have uh, Mason Holgate as well as on loan. So to, to for Jagielka to step in 10 minutes before kickoff, full credit yeah, to him. I, it's something that I'm yeah. noticing with these veterans. You know, it's all we actually have some, some quality veterans. Leighton Baines, someone goes down, Leighton Baines slots in, and he's great. And we don't really take much of a step back. We actually have some veterans of character. You know, and that's that's mm-hmm. that's a, that's an absolute professional, and I, I, it's realigned my perception on having veterans in the team. To be honest with you, maybe you can't. Maybe it's not a week in, week out thing where you want to rely on them every game. But if they're cool with slotting in every once in a while when you need them, I, you you can't beat it. You know, that was yeah. I I was doubtful. I'll go ahead and tell you before the game, they were warming up, and my my six year old. Go, hey dad, why are those why are those men talking to Keen? And it was the trainers, they were out there on the field talking to Keen, and I was just like, eh, he's probably got a little knock, no big deal. Well, my six-year-old had better intuition on this than I did. Because <laughs> I I went to go grab some coffee. I come back and my wife goes, Jack Hill goes in for Keen. And I was like, What? <laughs> and I I was I was I was a jerk. I was doubtful. I didn't put it on social media because I'm one of those who usually likes to see things out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, you know, a little bit. But uh, yeah, full credit to that guy. That's probably to me why he was because of my expectations were lower than I guess they should have been. Max, you got something? I'm mm-hmm. sure. funnily, funnily enough, I didn't even know he was. I didn't even know he'd come in. You know, I didn't know. He was starting until the moment he came out the tunnel. Like I'd, I'd, I'd rushed the game because I was a bit, I was a bit hungover from the national. And I see, I see Dave got one of the, one of the kits on there. Like I very rarely wear Everton kits now or Everton tops. Like, but I thought, you know, because I was hanging a little bit, you know, just throw an old top on, throw on the the old the old nine ten. He's you know the eighty four eighty five replica, the Lacoste sporty. Funnily enough, guess who I've got on the back of that shirt? Jaggy Elka. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't put a bet on? No. You... I get... You've already got in late, so... Yeah, he wouldn't have known. Yeah, he was so bad didn't he? He absolutely just yeah. some bets with that because no one backed Jaggy Elka first goal scorer. They've saved the bookies thousands with that goal. <laughs> I know. Gutted. I should have, should have sensed it, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> I don't know how you could have. That would have, have been amazing, Max. That, uh, I... So... Uh... I think our, if you if you're watching our weakest moment of the match was after halftime, they had made some changes, they had adjusted formation, and um, they actually had had more of the ball for a little stretch. Um, and I was I was worried. I was sitting there thinking, well, honestly, I don't want Silva to make a lot of changes right now. You know what I mean? Based on what we had on the bench, I was thinking a lot of those changes would be better for later. Uh, and I was secretly glad. I was like, okay, he's going to write it out. And you know what? I love the fact that they adapted. And all of a sudden, it, they decided, you know what? We're going to go ahead and throw this press back on and just started dominating. It didn't really matter what formation they were in. You know? It, was, it didn't matter that they had – Obama Yang's a player, okay? He is a player. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Pickford was yeah. really close to having a day off on this one. It was just impressive the way we kept everything – away from the goal mouth. You know, I will say that that McTarian shot was a little close for my taste. Got yeah. me a little nervous. It, it was a 
it was a top defensive yeah. performance, wasn't it? You know, you've got to you've got to give full credit to the, the you know the defensive formation. And as I said, they they are. I know sort of something that I found common across you know all the Champions League contenders this season. They have been very inconsistent, but you know they still have that technical quality to mm-hmm. damage it. And the mm-hmm. way we we nullified that was absolutely fantastic. So we, we def- definitely did. Um, yeah. You look look at the stats: seven shots on goal, yeah. two on target. Yeah, we haven't, even mentioned, we, haven't, we haven't even mentioned how many shots we've had yet. Yeah, 23, yeah. 23, you know, it was reminiscent of that West Ham performance. And like like Jerry said there, um, after up until, I say, half-time, the first half, the, the possession was mm-hmm. more neck and neck, and it was it was like that in the performance. It wasn't until that second half when Emery's decided to throw Ramsey on, to throw Aubameyang on, who, by the way, have, you know, solid return figures in terms of goals and assists against Everton so you can understand why he's, you know, why he's tried to do that but um, yeah that was only when the possession started becoming unbalanced and the only criticism of us you'd really have is we just got to start becoming more clinical mm. I mean if, if Sigurdsson put his boots on the right feet like I'm sure he had his left on his right and his right and his left because he had about seven shots in fact yes Sigurdsson had seven shots as much as Arsenal's whole team had, and every one of them missed, he just couldn't. He couldn't get it. He couldn't release with him. I shot it onto the goal properly, but twenty-three shots at goal against Arsenal. Suck that, Sam Allardyce. Sorry, but... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he, he'll be quiet for a couple of weeks now. Like, yeah, uh, can't play that way against Arsenal. You've got to, uh, you've got to bore them out. But tell you what, though, credit as well. Max touched on in the defensive display. Credit to Luca Dean because he took yeah. a knock in the in the warm up as well, and then got kicked everywhere. He got all stomped game. on his ankle that, by Guendouzi. It just, yeah. I mean, yeah, he sh- should have been off. He should have been sent off because it was high and it was studs up and it was dangerous. Just because he doesn't leave his feet doesn't mean it's not dangerous. And he he took the knock and then he got kicked all game and he just like just battled through and kept the clean sheets. He's. I, Luca Dean I'm running out of like superlatives for him this season. It's I remember when great. we were first going to sign yeah. him. One of the things that I read about him, which I found was odd, and I don't know why, but it's just I don't associate it with an outside back. Great in the air, really great with his head, and that's something it it, it stuck mm-hmm. with me. And I it, just because it was an unusual characteristic, I just didn't expect it. You know what he is? Those balls come across, and he's usually dominant and. Getting it out, you know, far post mm. deals with it. You know, yeah. he deals with it every time, man. Yeah. It's it's really impressive, and it's a trait I've never appreciated in an outside back before. Another unusual trait that he's got that I feel like we, you know, we've got to give full credit to the ability oh to throw that ball that far. Like, uh, but he stepped over the line. What uh, is with that, by the way? I mean, his foot is clearly touching the line. I'm trying to figure out why people are saying it's a foul throw. The NBC commentators say they contacted some group and they said it was a foul throw. And I'm like, but his foot's touching the rule. Look at the rule. You know, how are people saying? Yeah, I think what they tried, what they tried to do is look at it like basketball. So if your foot's on the on the on the side on the line, then it's ball out. I think that's what they're trying to say. It's that kind of foul, but it's like, well, hang on, it's not basketball. It, it, obviously, they're trying to make it a non-contact sport <laughs> as it is. Mm. But you know, it you know it, it as he takes the throw though, his foot comes back onto the both onto the white line. You know, what I mean, it's not like it goes over, but he pulls it back before the release. So there's nothing mm. wrong with it, and as long as yeah. you keep it on the line anyway, there's no there's no foul. If they're mm. over it, of course, then yeah, it's a foul throw because then you're on the pitch. But if you you're not. You're not, in, you're not on the pitch, so it's fine. 
Yeah, it's frankly, just that, I think they just ran out of an excuse. They need an excuse yeah. because piss poor defending. And, you know, they had nothing else. We'll, we'll call it even for that offside goal they scored at uh, the Emirates, eh? Like, that yeah. yeah. Which one's worse? Yes. The cheekiest to <laughs> Two players offside and a goal. It's just like, oh, yeah, his toes over the line on a throw-in. Okay, that's the same. <laughs> yeah, just, just to the make... the whole ball point. over the quadrant thing again, isn't it? You know, yeah. lots of shite. Yeah, I know. Real books aside, just to make me point, how great is it that we're actually a threat yes. from set pieces again? You know, with that, that, that Zoom and corner from West Ham the other week, and now this. Like, and I include, I include yeah. throw-ins in that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's great to see. His throw-ins are like corners. Yeah. That, mm. that, that like, distance on it. That that throw-in in that position is. As I feel like you corner, have to almost treat yeah. it. I feel like you have to treat it like a corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the sense, the sense that Arthur went up for it, so they, you know, they've most mm-hmm. definitely been practicing it. Yeah. Either that or Jagiel could have run all that way and just burned out and couldn't get back. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's nice to laugh after games and not at ourselves. That's it's very fresh. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a change, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Hey, credit credit to Jordan Pickford too. Five five yep. clean sheets in our last six. That's. You know what? I'm going to say this guy too because I think we thought for a little while there he needed a big rest. Uh, Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman. Yeah. I'm Richarlison. Richarlison on the Yeah. Richarlison as well, yeah. But I've been impressed with Vince punching over the last couple of weeks. Ha ha ha! You were so witty, Terry. (laughs) There you go. There you go, Ben. That's my real reaction whenever people say funny things like like Thursday Night Neymar. (laughs) All right, so, uh, <laughs> all right, so guys, uh, good things. I mean, I, can I, can I, can I? Is there somebody else that started that we didn't viewers? compliment? <laughs> no, 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 no. Something that I didn't find out about her on Twitter after the game, and I didn't get a reply. Right? When was the last time? I know we've got the chance to make it four on the bounce if we beat Fulham, but when was the last time Everton beat London opposition back to back to back? Oh. I want to find that out. I asked someone at the Echo, mm-hmm. and they didn't know. So I just want to put that up to the audience to see if they know. Someone, yeah, some put in the comments or put it on Twitter for us. You see our Twitter handles there. Comments are there. Uh, we'd appreciate okay. real answers and also jokey, funny ones. Those are always welcome. Just saying. But Max Rollins a real one. All right. So, uh, anything else on this, gents? Feeling good? I, th- I think watching, no, ma- even watching match of the day yesterday, mm. and we were the first game, we were the only game, but it was it was good to see. You know, it, it was they were talking, they were talking to mm-hmm. Calvert Lewin after the game, and uh, with Ian Wright. Even Ian Wright was like, you know, Arsenal was shit, but Everton were. We, the reason why is because Everton was so good, you know, and that makes a change rather than saying like at West Ham, West Ham were just shit. That's what. That's all he was saying. West Ham were poor. This was a poor West Ham side. We know West Ham are poor. Everton was that good. You know, the same with yeah. the second half against Chelsea. You know, our oh, Chelsea were poor. Yeah, no, Everton were better. You know that, and that's. I think yesterday proved something there that, like, you know, yeah, we realise Everton actually are good and are capable of doing this, and it's not not the teams above us having poor performances, and. To see that was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I think it's going to take us a little while to get out of this media narrative that we it, we depend on 
shit performances from the opposition to actually play well. Maybe if we keep winning and actually keep keep putting up good performances, they'll start they'll start noticing. And it does seem like I know the the NBC the the commentators for the NBC Sports were awful. They did nothing but like I've saw multiple people from around America saying, "Wow, these NBC guys hate Everton," and they just yeah the and the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the the narrative was all just all uh, foul throw in and all that kind of stuff. It was it was pretty agitating, but it's just one of those things. I think we just it's just going to take a little bit, you know, to actually dig out of that that kind of hole that we're in right now with the media. Uh, it's shitty, uh, but it's the reality, and I hate being patient, but we're going to have to. Um, yeah, I noticed the same thing, man, and it was I, I it was it's pretty infuriating. Um, but yeah, we can't really do anything about it until, except for put out our put out our own content. You know what I mean? So yeah, yep, exactly. And look just like we're doing. <laughs> this yeah. is the best we can do, right? Um, all right. So anyway, that is it for our Arsenal reaction. We could probably talk for another couple hours. Uh, I usually wear the same. If we're winning, I wear the same shirt. So I've been wearing the. the 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 shirt from last season, the one that's not the most attractive thing. I've been wearing it ever since our last, <laughs> ever since we've been winning. It's getting funky, and I don't care. That's what I'm saying. I don't care. <laughs> Not washing it. Don't care. Every. So you don't have to wear it every day. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that's it for our Arsenal reaction. We're going to talk about DCL now. We tried to hold back some of our DCL love in our previous uh we we kind of gave the love to all, every other player in blue <laughs> instead uh but uh this is kind of a, a a DCL segment and there's a lot to consider here um <clears throat> a lot of people are asking the question and I don't want to ask this question because I feel like I know what these guys would say to it uh a lot of people are asking the question well, since DCL's playing great, does this mean we don't need a striker? That's not the question, I don't think. I feel like we all, we look at the fact that we got Nias out on loan, we got Jink Tosun who's coming in in short spurts and really not doing a whole lot. I feel like we need a striker regardless. You know what I mean? And it's it's not as huge of a priority as it was before, but we still need it, you know? So that's not really the question. Um... We do need an additional center-forward presence in our squad, though. Um, I guess the question is, regardless of the purchase, is this DCL's job to lose coming up this fall? Uh, Because he's literally doing everything except scoring goals on a regular basis. Um, So uh, I'd I'd say maybe his decision-making needs a little bit of work, too. But uh, clinical, his clinical finishing and decision-making. But he's literally doing everything. Dave, what do you think? Is this his job to lose, man? Yeah, I do. I think we've got in Calvert-Lewin, and I've heard it from so many people, uh, you know, the way he plays is reminiscent of Graham Sharp in his early days as well. You know, Sharp, he, he's his presence, his, his ball, uh, he can hold the ball up so well, he wins everything in the air. And it it is is to to throw to give away really the thing he's got to do is score goals because in the end that's what he'd be judged on. 
he's not gonna. He can be. You know, it, it's like Strachelis. He's like, oh yeah, he was great. He ran round a lot. He, you know, he wore his heart on his chest and stuff like that. He didn't score goals. So we offloaded them, you know. So and you know we made that change. He was he was dog. Let, let's be honest. Like, but you know that's probably a poor example. But he'll be he'll be judged on his goals, and that is the striker's career basically. You know, the, the goals will be be his history rather than oh he, he ran round a lot. He won everything in the air. It's just it's down to Everton though to nurture his talent to give him. He needs the goals, but he needs the service to go with it. And that's what we sort of lack at the moment. So as much as it's in Calvert-Lewin's hands to do it, it's in Everton as a team, collective, to give him that opportunity to score goals. Yeah. Uh, service is going to be key, uh, but actually giving him, getting him in the game, I think is going to be a huge thing. Uh, uh, Max, let's go to you next. Uh do you see do you see a situation possible where we we make a purchase and we we start that new player over over DCL in the fall? Yeah, predicated on. Yeah? I agree on what Dave said that you know strikers are judged by the goal return and just mm. ju- just six goals for Everton so far this season. It, it you know I think this season's been the season where we've seen the most you know develop you know a lot of development in terms of his technical ability, his physical ability, but. We know what it's like to have a 15, 20 a season striker in Romelu Lukaku, and the case is, you know, still open. We haven't replaced them in that, you know, really. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want to set that tone. I do, I do want to give Calvert Lewin credit for how he's come on in these last couple of weeks. Because if you, if you, you know, cast your mind back before that 17 day break before Cardiff, we got beat by Wofford 1 0, and, you know, Silver rolled with Tosin up front there. We got beat 1 0. We've had that break. And he started with Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin scored, repaid his faith there against Cardiff. And I think the biggest game for Calvert-Lewin for me was that Merseyside derby where he was was up against Virgil van Dijk. Mm -hmm. Virgil van Dijk was probably first to every ball, but I feel like as a young striker, Calvert-Lewin would have learned a hell of a lot up against Mm -hmm. a defender that good. And that, you know, that was there for all to see against Chelsea where he gave Antonio Rudiger, you know, ran ran him ragged and stretch the pitch, hold the ball up exceptionally well. And we've seen that at its best against West Ham and in this example, and against Arsenal, yeah, because he gave their back free. You know, he was all over the place against their back free, and it was great to see an Everton, with the, uh, an Everton strike with that willingness to run. And I, I will say as well, is it, he, he's leading from the front with that pressing game. You've seen him closing mm-hmm. down Bent Leno, forcing mistakes out of Leno. Mm-hmm. That is what Evertonians want to see from the centre-forward. All it needs now is goals, uh, and given the way he's playing, you know I think he's nailed on to have a continued run in the side. Just you know that final ball, I, I seen Kevin Campbell talking to him after the game and, and giving him advice of what he needs to improve on, and then that was basically the advice that Kevin Campbell passed on to him. It's just getting in that box and you know that final touch, that finish, or, or you know that that final decision making. That, that that's all that needs to be improved for me, but it, he's been exceptional. Yeah, uh, I mentioned decision making earlier, just because he gets into these positions where you're thinking, okay, now, now is where he should be slotting, you know, sliding a pass to the right to Richarlison, or you know, and he just, or or there was one moment last game or yesterday where he got he had the ball 
And instead of sliding it to the left to Bernard, who was open, he tried to do a little like step over move, and uh, and it, it just it didn't come off for him. I think it ended up like getting blocked. Um, it's just one of those moves, uh, moments where he just it's gonna come with time. We're talking about a skilled, intelligent player. It's gonna come, and I think the I think the the finishing is gonna come as well. Uh, I just think that's something that's you know you gradually learn as a striker where you need to be positioning in order to get more goals so that you can actually so that people can find you in the air but it's also us figuring out you know it's chemistry as well the wingers kind of knowing where he's going to be usually the more they play together they know where each other's going to be a lot more um Terry uh I was going to roll with you next uh one of the things about DCL that I've noticed is I I I never really noticed our strikers winning 50-50 balls, like goal kicks or anything like that, until DCL. You know, Tosin was getting out-jumped for them. Like, I, I even thought Lukaku used to get out-jumped for them often, as big as that dude was. People would sit I, I always felt like he was kind of shy on headers. And DCL has none of that. He's very fearless when it comes to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big part of his game. I actually think it gives us a little second life on that. You know what I mean? Uh what are some other parts of his game that you feel like people aren't really noticing as much just if they're maybe not so maybe not fans they don't watch him every game I think Calvert-Lewin's biggest strength is it's not even it's how un, how selfless he is like he facilitates uh, the game of a lot of the other players which is why you you see more goals out of the collective attacking unit when he's in there rather than Tosin Mm. And it's it's probably while uh, you know you've touched on it yourselves his decision making needs work as well. But I think a lot of the reason he's not scored more goals is he's he's being so you know selfless and he's not actually getting himself in goal scoring positions. He's putting himself in positions to help the other players. He's mm. he's he's pressuring you know off the ball. He's pressuring the the opposition defence. He's um, he's winning headers. Like he, at one point um, he won a header yesterday against uh, Arsenal. And it was like an, um, a flick on through ball to uh, Richarlison, who, who got onto it. And it was just like, we got used to Lukaku not bringing any other players into play at all. Yeah. Like, he couldn't he couldn't really make chances for other players, but he made up for that by just that being absolutely deadly himself. And when you take took him out of the team, the rest of the team was sort of geared to facilitate one player. They weren't goal scorers themselves. Whereas now we've got, you know, Double-digit goals for um, Sigurdsson, double-digit goals, goals for Richarlison, and mm-hmm. I think Calvert Lewin has, has helped a lot with their game in the last few uh, last few weeks. They're finding more space, they're finding themselves with better chances, just because he's pulling defenders left, right, and centre. And I've, I've got to be honest, I, I was I, I'm a converted Calvert Lewin sceptic. I I couldn't see it at first, and and I think a lot of fans were like that. I I. I I just thought he would—he was of a certain level, and he wasn't going to get any better. But he's—I'm happy to say he's proved me wrong in the last uh, couple of weeks. He's—he's he's come on quite a lot, and he, he knows himself. He said on Sky Sports before the game, they did a little feature with him, and he said, "I am—I think the quote was, I am goals away from taking the next step.' Which means if basically if he can add more goals to his game, if he can start being 15 goals plus a season striker, he will play for England." He will get, you know, these call-ups. He will get the. He will make that move in everyone's mind from being a young striker who works hard and has good potential to being, you know, he can hang. He's one of the Premier League strikers. He's he's one of the the, the first choice number nines 
for one of the better teams. Now, when you asked the other guys before as well about starting next season, I think 1,000% he's going to start next season. I think we yeah. will buy someone in the summer, but I don't think... I wouldn't put my life on it would not be a player or two who aren't from the Premier League who won't go straight in the team I think mm-hmm. they'll be introduced slowly and I think with Calvert-Lewin you've got the luxury of doing that because you can put him in the you know start him next season and then any players you bring in can be introduced slowly maybe work with Calvert-Lewin because he can play right across the front three I mean he's much better down the middle but he's such a useful player for other players. Other players play better when he's in the team. Even Lukaku, when Calvert-Lewin was playing, Lukaku always had more chances, I always found. It was the only sort of cross-pattern that very last season, but and Calvert-Lewin was still learning his game because something else I didn't know about Calvert-Lewin, which only came out on Sunday, was that before, um, just before we signed him, he'd only played like half a season or a season as a striker. He was a central midfielder. So he's, wow. st- he's come a long way in a very quick time. Like it's, Physically, he's got all the tools. It's just about learning things, and he's he's getting faith shown in him. So he knows if he starts to score goals, the, any new striker they Everton bring in, they might not be able to get him out the team. He's got the shape for a while longer. He needs to make sure it is, because Everton as a club need strikers, even if they keep him, because they can't just have one. I, well, not if they keep him, even they stick with him in the team, because the other the other strikers are all going to they're all up for sale. Basically, they're all not got much of a future. He's the only one who's got one, so he knows there'll be new faces coming into who want that start and shirt off him, and he's going to have to show. No, I've lost this before, and I'm not losing it again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, good shout. Yeah, and I I'm going to agree. I do think he will be starting. You know, assuming he's healthy come August. I uh, just or or if Europa League happens come July. Bring That's an or. Just say it. <laughs> you never I, know. I want it. Yeah, I oh we, it. we we all we all want it. I'll just I go ahead and tell you it, we talked about it last time. We want it really yeah. bad. <laughs> it amazes me how many people say, I don't want the Europa League this season. Mm. It'll, it'll mess with our, our, our league performance. Mm. Can't be any worse than this season. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like you know. No, I I want European. Mm-hmm. I want European football. I love these away trips. They're brilliant. You know, I want to go to like fucking Bratislava or want to go to frigging Russia or wherever. Yeah, let's bring it on. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't. I I feel left out watching because I like. I just like watching football. Period. You know what I mean? So I mean, I I, I mean, gosh, I was I was watching Mexican league yesterday with my kid just because it was what was on. You know, and so I, I just like. But so when. Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, midweek football comes on. We're not in it. It pisses me off. It makes me feel left out. I'm like, you know what? We've got enough talent to be able to handle this. So if it ends up working out, great. You know what I mean? If we could, if we get it, great. I say that only because I, I'm trying to figure out how much, like, how the hope's gonna work. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where I, I want us to continue this type this this run. And if if I if my shirt can stand up by itself because I haven't washed it and I gotta if I can use it like as a little lampstand if I have to, then great. You know what I mean? That's the preference, uh, except for maybe not for maybe not for my family. Because they have to smell it, but uh, but yeah, if we if we end up continuing this run, that that would be badass. I just kind of I always smile at, at getting confident in Everton, if that makes sense. It's kind of it's different. <laughs> it's kind of nice. <laughs> so anyway, 
Back to DCL. Anything else on this this young guy? We're talking about a one of our fastest players, maybe our fastest player. I think he's our fastest player. If you if you look at the speed readings that they come out with every once in a while, I think he's one of the fastest players in the league. Uh, but also he's gotten strong. The kid's gotten be pretty jacked, yeah. and his hold up play is actually really good now. Yeah. That's the thing that I was not seeing as much of last season. And he's actually able to hold some of these stronger defenders off, and that's a part of the game that's essential for Premier League because it's so physical. Yeah, he's definitely he's he's been hitting the gym definitely. I mean, it's not like Lukaku was hitting the pies, and you know you see see the picture of Lukaku at one point where it was like, oh god, he actually looks pretty ripped here playing forever, and then he goes to see United and turned into a balloon. <laughs> and but you know, but Calvert Lewin has gone from the scrawny kid who was rapid, and we all knew he could run, we knew he could play to this. Grown man, yeah, you know, man, and it's in a matter of months, he's developed so much. I mean, you see the photos of him; those thigh muscles, yeah. Jesus Christ, like Roberto Carlos, unbelievable. And you know, he it it shows he's willing to put in the work, he's willing to put in the effort, and you know, build up, build on his work on his on his performance. And I'm so looking forward to this kid scoring goals. If this kid, if he can put goals into his game, mm. we've got an absolute world beater. And full credit to David Dunsworth for bringing him in. Yeah. That, uh, I just keep thinking that composure is going to come. You know, I feel like you it's, you see it with, like, strikers that are new into a league or just whenever they age up, it just takes them a while to get that composure. You know, and the and the best one, I mean, he's literally got everything else. So. I think if he, can bring, if he can bring someone like Bernard into the game where Bernard can get you, like, 10, 11, 12 goals a season as well. Mm-hmm. With Calvert Lewin bringing him into the play more, it'll do. Cal, you know, Calvert Lewin then knows right. Okay, I've got a command and roll here up front. I can bring players into the game, and I can and I can get into opportunities now, where people are creating chances for me. Especially with Bernardo, you know, yeah. you saw that chance that he had, where it was straight to the keeper in the end. Unfortunately, from oh. that run. Yeah, but, I forgot you know, about that. <laughs> Calvert Lewin switches on, and he's in the box. There's a square ball there for him. You know, it's little things like that, little nuances that'll that'll come with experience. And I think Harvard Loon's got he's got so much time on his hands to learn the game as well. Yeah. And that's what that's the great thing about it. He's young, loads of time, and Silver's got time for him as well. When you look at players who he has given time to, like Luckman, um, you know, everyone was saying, oh, well, why isn't Luckman playing? So, well, maybe he's not got the same attitude as as um, DCL. So, you know, his it, it, attitude, everything about Pavel Lewin, apart from goals, he, he's almost the perfect package. Yeah, I think and so. He's, and he's a hunk. <laughs> <laughs> John likes his thigh muscles. He's dreamy. It's just, ah, oh, it's very nice. Yeah. Yeah, so Gomez, watch out. You're not the only one yeah. drawing the eye these days at Everton. <laughs> uh See, I, 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 what's funny is like I was gonna build on that point, and then you, you started talking about how he's, how he's an attractive fellow, and now I've got, I can't think of anything else. It's you like, you're just thinking about his thighs now. See, just... everyone does. <laughs> between that and between that and Gomez's beard, it's like you know what else are you gonna think about? We have, we have, we, we are helpless against it. We cannot form thoughts once he gets in here. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, well, oh, oh, I remember. Hey, thighs gone. Thighs gone. Wiped. Uh, uh, Sil- Silva, the way Sil- Silva's style works, I'd be really curious. It seems as though Silva's a big believer in getting 
goals from lots of locations and not really thinking, hey, I want a 30-goal scorer. It's more like mm-hmm. let's get 12, let's get 10, let's get 15, and kind of just move it around so that it's you're less – you're you're not as difficult. You're not as easy to kind of lock down because if you get a thirty goal scorer, then it's like the other team can gear toward one player, and if it's everyone, it's a little bit tougher yeah. to game plan I, for. Yeah. I think point. that goes back. That goes back to when Lukaku um, was back at Everton and he'd scored eighteen, nineteen <laughs> goals, and you know Steve Walsh came out with that ever ever amazing comment. It with, even without Lukaku's goals, we're finishing seventh. Unbelievable. Still, I still bewilders me how he come up with that. But I see what you're saying, Jerry. It's like you know, you take you have to take that striker out, and then the goals have got to come around the rest of the team. You know, Dinier's chipped in with a couple, yeah. and you know, it should maybe should be taking more Sigurdsson, what 12, 13 goals, Richarlison on thirteen. You know, Calvert Loon's only on six, um, but it takes time. Yeah. You know, it 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 bring other play. He's bringing other players into the game who are scoring goals, and that's that's the main thing. Yeah, Terry, your point about him not being selfish, being a very unselfish player. It's his work rate, work rate to bring every and, and like doing things for the team. You know, when Silva was talking about Lookman, he was hinting that Lookman's not really consistent in practice, in training. You know, it seems like DCL is. So yeah. Anything else, gents? Max, you look like you're you got something to say. I was just going to say, don't trash Luckman. Uh, you know I mean? <laughs> I'm not completely <laughs> trashing him. I'm being nice. Oh, right. right. The, the, there may be an attitude problem. He may be inconsistent in training. But me, for, for me, I love seeing Luckman and DCL in the same side. Mm-hmm. You know, they get on exceptionally well in the under-23 set up at England and seem to combine very well on the pitch. So I'd like to see. I mean, I know it's obviously harder to get in the team with, with how well Richarlison and how well mm-hmm. Bernard are playing at the minute. Tides again to the team, but I'd love to give Luckman. I'd love to see Luckman given the same treatment at one point. You know, a consistent run in the game. I could, I could see teams. him getting it at some point, but he did play, and I think getting that time, I think is Silva saying, "Hey, you're training better. You're looking a lot better, and that's why you're. I'm putting you in. You know what I mean? That that seems like it's a message. Silva seems to like to to give those messages to players. You know what I mean? Reward playing the way he did with Schneiderlin. You you remember Schneiderlin? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Max loves Schneiderlin. It's and yeah, and he can say that now because Schneiderlin started playing better. Yeah, but now he's hurt. Yeah. So I, I was trying to figure out why he wasn't on the bench, and then I heard later he was injured. So, which meant uh, when Keane going out, McCarthy was on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. So James that. McCarthy siding. Yeah, I'm <laughs> good with that. So. All right, guys. Uh, anything else on DCL other than hey, let's play the kid and hope it works out? Yeah. No. That, that sounds about right. Sums it up nicely. Right on. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for if you know your history, the Everton-based quiz, quiz segment that that pits Dave, Terry, and Max in a cage match of Toffee's wit and might. And I'm going to have to say triple threat because Max wants me to be on my shit here. Like WrestleMania. <laughs> Apparently. All right. So, I'm not allowed to say what I said. And, and, I, and I, I can't say three-way. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, this is going to be a Price is Right type of thing. So, Ben, if you want to throw in a little bit of Price is Right music. 
uh, and I'll I'll be Bar- Bob Barker, and hopefully uh, the fighting skills transfer to the golf course the way old Bob does in Happy Gilmore. There you go. Uh, so the way this is going to work is I have some uh, former Everton players listed on this uh, this note card right here, uh, and I also have their transfer fees. The the amount for which they left Everton. It is including add-ons, the ones that I have written down. So, uh, the deal is this, gentlemen. Uh, Price is right style. We're going to rotate who goes first. Uh, but, obviously, we're going to need to flip something. Uh, we're going to... Yeah, let's flip. You know what? Let's go back to a memory card. This is my memory card. I don't have change because I fear it. So here you go. This is a memory card. This is heads. This is tails. Dave, if you could call it in the air. Heads. It is tails. All right? So (laughs) now I'm left with the fact that Dave is not going first. What the hell? This coin flip thing doesn't even work to figure out who goes first. (laughs) Dave, who do you want to go first, Max or Terry? You're smiling the most while we're still on Skype here. Go on. Oh, it's got to be Terry. Terry is going to be first. Max is second. Dave is third. And uh, then we will rotate. Max will be first, then Dave, and like that. Okay? So, and, uh, yeah, and if the person before you guesses an amount that you wanted to guess, I, I can't really help you. It's one of those things where... If you got to go first, you got to go first. And I think on Price is Right, they're kind of like unforgiving as well on that kind of thing. So, eh. Uh, Oh, well. So, all right, here we go. So, now that we've had the Price is Right music, Ben, if you could cue some super, like, intense music on this now. Good. I like that. I can't actually hear it. All right. So, Terry, you're going first. For what price did we sell... Victor and each of Six million pounds. Max, Victor and each of Five million pounds for West Bromwich Albion. I wish I could give you extra credit, Max, but for <laughs> saying the team, but I can't. But you're right. I was going to say that. So, Dave, what do you got? 7.5. 7.5. The correct answer, gentlemen, to the dot, the Tear Bear comes through with six million pounds. I knew it was a mix. Yeah. I, I, I could tell Max thought Terry was right because he said it in this, like, dejected, defeated tone. Five million. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right, but, but fear not, Max. You're going first this time. All right? So, by the way, we are playing to three. So, Terry has one. Max, mm-hmm. coming off a pretty sound performance yesterday, Jerry De La Feu. Oh, oh, you're a bastard because it's gonna be it's gonna be add-ons all over the place here. Um, Twelve million. So, here's the thing. I just want to say, I'm not sure if all of the add-ons, like that, were possible when we sold them to Barca have gone through or whatever so that's what okay. I want to say um, oh god you put me on a spot because I know it was a bit cut price if all the add-ons didn't 
cash in. Um, what, what did I say originally? I'll just stick you with said, the guns. Did you say 12? 12. 12. I'll stick Max says 12, 12 million. Dave, what do you got? 8.5. 8.5. Terry. Thirteen million. Thirteen million. The actual retail price of Gerard de la Feu, ten point six million. And that actually makes Max the closest. I believe that is correct. Yes, it is. Hasn't he? Hasn't he? See, that's the thing. If he goes over, we're we're <laughs> we're playing this like. If we play it exactly, <laughs> he technically he went over, but he's the closest. We've had issues in the past, so yeah, we have to extend the rules just a little bit. Days brought up a very valid point here, but yeah, so Meg's technically the closest on that one. And Dave, you can uh, post an appeal with our appeals coordinator, uh, Webmaster John, I also known as Quizmaster John. Yes. I'm writing this down, which would be, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, doing that. All right. Uh, Dave, you were going first this time. Michael <laughs> Ball. Um, oh, was that the Ranger or Eindhoven? Five million. I feel like I can tell you who it was, too. Don't you, that guys, don't yeah, you think I, I can yeah. say who it was to? It was, it was to Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe Terry, you are next. Uh, 5.5 .5 million. Terry, are you playing the game? <laughs> uh, Max, what do you got, man? Can I say 5 million? No. No, um, that's a fight to the death. Yeah. Um, six. Six. Why'd you say it like that, Max? You think six is wrong? Probably. Uh, see, hear that? Hear that doubtful tone? Yet you're the closest. Correct. Actual right. retail price of Michael Ball six point five. Okay, I remember Dave did a fantastic interview with him quite earlier on. For the softy breeze, I remember that. It was very insightful. Uh, so yeah, that brings us uh, back around to Terry. Oh, by the way, Max, you're one away from victory. Just saying. So guys, block this dude. Game <laughs> on. Terry, Andy Johnson. Um. Good one because I cannot remember. Uh, Thirteen million pounds. Is this buying or selling? Selling. Selling. Okay. Right. Uh, I believe uh, mm. Max, you're next. Twelve point five million pounds. Twelve point five. Dave. Thirteen point five. 13.5 Because everyone knows who's right They're boxed in now So unless I'm exactly right One of them will win <laughs> <laughs> So gentlemen The uh, 
according to uh, the website, 10.5 million to Fulham. For the 10.5, was it? 10.5 million, which. Uh, Wick put, with this hobby. That that that, <laughs> that put that puts Max in in with three. Not bad. And that that does give him the victory. There. Well done, Nate. All right. Thank you very much. So, uh, although we shouldn't count a couple of those because Max didn't think he was right, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he bust on one. Yeah, he did. He did. That's right. So uh, Dave's appealing. <laughs> <laughs> John, you can expect an indignant email from Dave, which Shot is really just a picture of his middle finger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Max, congratulations! Uh, you are you, you you're the winner this time. And uh, what track are you are you dropping to close the show? Voodoo Child, Hendrix. So, so uh, here's a question. That's what I was about to say, uh, pod pod people out there. You can't see, but Max is literally wearing uh, a Hendrix shirt. And so, Max, is this a new sponsorship you've got? Where you're sp- <laughs> <laughs> they're they're uh, they're like, here's a shirt. Here's a bunch of money. Make sure you spread the word about Jimi Hendrix, as though people don't know. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Uh, where you got like we can't see, but Max has some like uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, slides on right now. It's... No, I don't want to do slides, mate. You don't get any. <laughs> I like the way you you correct me as though Jimi Hendrix slides exist. You're like, no, I never get those. <laughs> I threw those out months ago. <laughs> Voodoo Child, that's a good one. That is very good. Love love the Jimmy. Every single time I think of Jimmy, I think of the movie White Men Can't Jump from the 90s, where uh, Wesley Snipes keeps telling Woody Harrelson he can't hear Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, what's he supposed to do, eat it? <laughs> no, he's like, I like to listen to it. He's like, you can't hear Jimmy. He's like, you don't listen to Jimmy, you hear it. It's like a big argument. That movie does not get remembered the way it should, because it's kind of no. great, kind of great. So, uh, why? Besides the fact that it's just awesome, why are you? Uh, why are you picking Voodoo Child? Yeah, big Hendrix fan, and what, what, what I also find quite funny is he's he's born on the twenty seventh of November, which is the same as my little sister, who was born on the twenty seventh of November two thousand and ten. On that day, Everton got beat four one at home by West Brom. <laughs> and our, our sister, me, my little sister, came along after it, like. So I mean, it, was a, it was a good end to the day, you know what I mean? I got a little sister out of it, but I can imagine getting beat 4-1 by my stomach. I thought you were going to tell me, like, and the guy who scored against his name was Hendrix. <laughs> yeah. we, we, called, we called my little sister Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and, and she's left-handed and all this stuff. In the spirit of uh, of WrestleMania as well, that uh, Max touched on before, um, it's Voodoo Child was actually for a long spell um, Hulk Hogan's entrance music. Ah! Well, he, I didn't even know that. That's yeah, it. when he when he went moved from WWF to WCW, he couldn't use Real American because WWF owned the copyright. So <laughs> he used Voodoo Child when he was a bad guy. So Voodoo Child was Hulk Hogan's bad guy entrance song. 
That is that is hilarious. But thanks, Terry. You just pushed the last bit of math I had out of my head (laughs) with Hulk Hogan entrance music information. Like now. I can no yeah. I can no longer do basic multiplication. All right, guys. So we should wrap up the show. This has been super fun, but yeah, this yeah, we I literally can't do a show all day. I know. Maybe one day we'll do it. Can't do it this time. I uh, I uh, so that's that's the end of the big show. As we as we uh, listen to Jimmy. I mean, technically, someone's putting it in in post production. We're gonna pretend like we hear it right now, though. So so there's that. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We sincerely appreciate it. Uh, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast. We, we yeah, thank, thanks so much for all that. Uh, also, uh, if you feel the need to see our faces, if you're one of those weird people who, who likes to, to see people's faces, check out our YouTube channel. Why not? It, it doesn't hurt you unless it does, and if it does, I'm sorry. But also check out uh, Falcon Blues. Dave, uh, Dave has a channel as well, and uh, it's, it's fun. And there's a lot of they do a lot of really good interviews. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast here today. Frankly, if you're not sold on checking them out yet, I don't know if you ever will be because he's given a lot of reasons to check them out at this point. All right. So Dave, I uh, just want to you know say thanks a lot, man, for for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll be back. This has been fun. <laughs> yeah, please do. This is this is great. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you want more Terry, uh, yeah. Um, just walk up to him on the street and hug him. That's our that's our thing now. That's our thing. Terry is going to be the most huggable man in all of Britain. You know, it's just going to happen. So, yeah. It, anyway, but he also, Liverpool Echo fan jury, if you want to hug his words with your eyes. Uh, so, also, uh, Max has a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, we're going to be able to start publicizing those uh, at some point. But... Uh, until that time, please uh, check out his Twitter. He'll tell you when he's going to be dropping some Everton knowledge on the Toffee Blues website. Uh, yeah, because that's a regular thing. He and a lot of our other friends, they contribute there often. It's just all things Everton. Lots of good stuff there. Um, anyway, uh, you should just subscribe to the Toffee Blues. Uh, we'd sincerely appreciate that. Actually, you can find the Falcon Blues on uh, social media as well. All right. Uh, they're they're really active on social media. It's one of the cool things. That's one of the things uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you, man. Uh, it tells it tells me a lot with the fact that there's a there's a cool community of fan groups that will all retweet each other's stuff, like each other's stuff. It's just it's good mojo. It's it's great. It's all good for the club and it's just good for everybody. I that just tells me how much of a class class act you guys are. So Thanks for that. Oh, yeah. I'm no problem. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, that's it. I've got no more plugging. I'm about to unplug. Uh, Terry, good to see you again, man. You too, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Terry, and I apologize for all the hugs you're, you're getting these days. Uh, or you're welcome. How about that? Uh, <laughs> Max, man, again, man, as always, love talking to you, brother. As always, great to be on with you to meet you as well, Dave. Yeah, you too, mate. Thanks a lot. So, uh, Dave, again, take care, man. Uh, come on back, and yeah, that's it. Uh, let's let's go into the midweek with uh, with perma smiles that won't leave. Yeah, <laughs> they're playing well. All right, much love to everybody. Enjoy, Jimmy. Bye. <laughs>